Make more birdies. A bottle of bourbon, a little glass, and some ice. This is not a tip. This is a prescription. Trust me. Mm. If you don't, you will fall out of bounds. Welcome to Birdies and Bourbon. Sit down and have a sip. Welcome back, everybody, to the Birdies and Bourbon show. We're excited to have Brandon from Still Austin Whiskey Company on with us today. Uh, thanks so much for sharing a pour with us. We really appreciate it. I uh, I did sneak a little sip. Uh, I, I hadn't prior to today. Usually on these podcasts, it takes a little bit to get to the sipping part, but I'm I'm proud of you guys. You're just going for it. Oh, I, I mean, I, I I'll, figured, I'll join you. Yeah, why, why should we wait? So you know, I'm uh, I'm excited to uh, to hear about it. Cheers. Cheers. Yeah, thanks. Uh, thanks for taking some time and spending with us. So I'll tell you, I posted a few things on uh, on Instagram, and uh, everybody that's responded has said, "Get me a bottle." And I'm like, "Yeah, well, I'm in Georgia, so it's ju- it's just as easy for you to get it as, as it is me." And I was uh, perusing around on your website. It looks like Drizzly's on there, probably Bourboner, et cetera. So you get some multiple e-commerce sites that you can pick it up if you're outside of the state of Texas. We're, we're only just actually distributed in the state of Texas, so the Drizzlies of the world don't have our product. What we do have is a shipping service that's actually based out of California. And so if you go on our website and you just click them outside of Texas, it'll take you right there and you can order it and have it shipped to you. Service is about 30 states here in the U.S. So yeah, awesome. most of the people watching should be able to order through that. Yeah, Chad, there you go, bud. There's your uh, there's your your bottle of uh, of still Austin. So, um, so let's uh, let's kind of get into this thing. So you're, what, I think you're maybe 2015. You guys kind of got got fired up. Yeah, that's right. We've been actually like in operation since 2015. We've been open to the public for the last three years, about since we could actually like run our, our stills legally. We're the only distillery here actually in the city of Austin that's operating right now within the city limits. So it took us a little while because of city regulations to actually get up and running here in the city. So that's kind of the difference between when we actually started and when we started distilling and was actually open to the public. Um, but the product that we're tasting right now is brand new to us. It just came out about three, three and a half months ago or so. And this is our new like flagship, blow the doors down, you know, this is it. Uh, as you guys are familiar with whiskey is a patience game. Yeah. So we, yeah. uh, we wanted to wait until it was ready. Uh, luckily here in Texas, uh, because of the climate here, the the bourbon is actually like developing complexity quite a bit more quickly than it does in most other climates around the country. So this is all two plus year old barrels blended together, but it it tastes older. Yeah, for sure. So I was um, and and you know I was doing a little bit of research, kind of checking you guys out, you know, Mashville, et cetera, and. Uh, you know, you got a lot of comments. So there, the age statement on the bottle is uh, at least two years, right? To your point, um, and uh, it it definitely does. Uh, it, it's blended together nicely from a sense that it it tastes like it could easily be, you know, four to six years or, or even more. I mean, it's a lot of complexities in there. Uh, you know, it's not overly sweet. Um, definitely on on the nose. I'm kind of getting that. And and one of the reasons I went ahead and poured, you know, I had a sip and then. Uh, I wanted to kind of let it open up a little bit, yep, given that I it's you know, as stated as a two year plus, right? To kind of see what's happening. And, and this thing has really gone from kind of that, uh, kind of that young sweet corn into, you know, just over five or 10 minutes, I'm already starting to get kind of that, uh, you know, cornbread. Uh, I'm getting some rye in there, oddly. It's kind of some rye spice in there. It's a, it's a high rye bourbon, so 25% rye is the mash bill uh 5% malted barley and the rest is corn uh it's white corn which is a little bit different than a lot of bourbons you'll get um hmm. most bourbon is made with yellow corn uh we source 100% of our grains from here in Texas and uh yellow corn's not really grown here hmm. so we deal with uh the, the white corn that's here we feel like it's it's um distinctive for the state in the flavor profile it has the the corn kernels themselves are actually larger and higher in sugar content uh, so when we actually do the fermentation, we yield a little bit more alcohol from that, and the flavor is noticeably different. It's the same type of corn that you find in a lot of Tex-Mex food, like our tortillas and tia, tortillas, sure. things like that. So we feel like it's really representative of the region here. 
Yeah, I mean, you're, uh, you're the, all ingredients, right? It's kind of like uh, distilled local. I mean, everything you're using is Texas-grown product, right? Yeah, and so that's that's a big part of the quality here is, is well, first of all, I think the quality of the grain we're sourcing. Um, you know, we're only bringing in Texas grains from the best farmers here in Texas. Uh, we distill everything right on site. So we, we start actually from the grain. We have silos on site. We mill uh, to cook. Uh, we cook, we distill, we barrel everything right there at the distillery here. So it's a full grain to glass operation for us. Um, and then the barrels mature. Actually, we have some warehouses out in the middle of nowhere between here in San Antonio that the barrels get shipped out there. They go and they sit there and we don't touch them for a couple of years uh, until we do what's called slow water reduction. You might have encountered that in some of the literature you're reading about us. Yep. We actually reduce the proof in barrel uh, until it's nearly bottle proof. So it's a, it's a, a, not a lot of distilleries do it. So people haven't heard of it necessarily, but you know, almost every distillery will pull out at barrel proof. So that's usually around 120 or so. And then you just add water until it gets to bottle proof. You blend it, proof down, bottle it. What we wanted to do was actually have it at nearly at bottle proof when it comes out of the barrel. So we don't have to add any more water to it. And so we gradually step down the proof in the barrel for about six months ahead of, of bottling, uh, which actually creates more complex flavors in there at different proofs in the barrel. It's pulling out different flavors from the barrel itself. And it uh, creates a lot of the complexity you taste in the, in the product. And that's a big reason why, I mean, I mentioned the Texas weather earlier with it developing complexity faster, but it's the slow water reduction that also is a big component of what makes this special. Yeah, sure. And is, is it, did I read that you're moving it to different barrels through that process? No, you I didn't say that. Okay. You might've read something about, we have some uh, super special products that we release only here at the distillery, which we've done some finishing cask things with. Okay. That, that might be what you read about. We have had some sherry cask releases where we, once we pull out a barrel, we age in a sherry cask for a while. Um, but yeah, when we're actually doing the slow water reduction, it stays in the same barrel the whole time. Gotcha. Yeah. And then direct to consumer, uh, you've just, you've got the, the straight bourbon and then you've got a gin also, right? That, those are the yeah. only two? Yep. That's right. That's, that's where we're focused on that for a while. These are our two flagships. We have a lot of other stuff in barrel that's aging right now. Um, we have a bunch of hundred percent rye that'll be coming. Um, we also have done a blue corn bourbon. We've done a Jimmy red corn bourbon. Um, we have a few other kind of fun things that are, are sitting in aging, but for now we're really focused on, on our flagship product that we just released, which is the, the musician, what we call it here. Well, you're, you're in Austin. I mean, you got to do something fun, right? Absolutely. I mean, yeah. That's like, I mean, that, that's the city. So yeah, I thought it was a little, you, uh, not, a, I guess not if you think about Austin and the city, but you know, just the music ties and roots to, uh, to Austin. Right. So Joplin, Stevie Ray, I mean, you can just keep going, you know, Willie Nelson, right. I mean, you can just kind of yep. keep running down the list of, uh, of folks. So, you know, I thought it was interesting the way and you've the, you know, the kind of the story and the write up on the back of the bottle is, you know, it's kind of music in a glass, right. Kind of all blending and, and, and melding together. And then, calling this the musician so what's the um what's the picture the lady on the front you've got a bird kind of flying by and she's playing her hair what's uh what, what's the take on that so when we when we went through kind of a rebranding of the company this past year um because it had released products before like some white whiskeys and um uh the a bourbon a one-year-old bourbon under different branding I've, I've been here for about a year and a half so a, a big part of my focus with the company was redoing all of the branding for the company and kind of waiting until we got to the two plus year old bourbon to really release that to the masses. And with the rebranding, we really felt like, I mean, Austin is such a great iconic city that why not really try and, and tie in the Austin personality with this release? Uh, so what we ended up doing was we found a local artist who named Mark Burkhart, who is well um, he's actually relatively famous he's done other spirits labels in the past he did um pete monster for compass box if oh, you guys sure. know that uh yep. this crazy monster on it uh same guy um but he lives here in austin and he's become a friend of the brand and he 
painted this on the front, which we, you know, in choosing like what really represents Austin the most, music was the obvious first step. You know, like you just said, all the iconic uh, musicians that are here. There's such a deep history here. We call it the you know live music city capital of the world. Um, so we wanted to do uh, like really express creativity in finding a local artist to do a painting that he feel like felt like was representative of the city and really celebrated the music scene here. So we, we knew this was going to be a little bit different than a lot of the other bourbon labels you see there. I mean, this on the shelf just stands out quite yeah. a bit. Uh, yeah, I, I love it. I mean, it's very unique in the sense that it's, you know, to your point, I mean, you don't, when you go down, you know, you can see a lot of similarities and you can get lost in the shelf. This one definitely doesn't get lost in the shelf. Yeah, exactly. So we want to do something we feel like was true to the city. Um, so that was the reasoning behind the branding and why we worked with the local artist. And Mark is going to continue to do labels for us. We'll keep releasing. We're about to rebrand the gin actually in January. It'll be going in the same bottle, uh, same label framework, different painting that represents an archetype of Austin. So that's where we're moving going forward. Nice. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, you know, I mean, I'm just, I keep thinking, uh, you know, I don't know that Dale Watson really represents Jen, uh, but, uh, you know, the, the, the next bourbon release, I'd love to see a Dale Watson image on <laughs> I mean, just such an iconic figure in Austin, right? Yeah. I mean, any, any time and any, any time that I've ever been to Austin, uh, you know, it's, it's one of those things it's like, uh, I don't have to go to Franklin barbecue every time that one time in the line's enough for me. Uh, but, but I will go see Dale, uh, at least one time on, on a trip to Austin. That's a, that, that's a can't miss for me, man. Hmm. I'll have to, I'll, I'll hit him up or, or if you know him better, yeah, you reach out and, uh, we'll, we'll talk. <laughs> yeah, maybe we'll, we'll see, but we'll send him uh, we'll definitely send him a clip out. Um, see, uh, see what we got. So, so let's get back into this bourbon. We're talking, yeah. uh, talking fun stuff. So this is, uh, I mean, for a two year, it's good. It's uh, really plus, good. <laughs> I mean, this is like, I mean, you said it best, right? I mean, it, if you, if you were blind tasting this stuff, I mean, you would have no idea. You wouldn't put a two year age statement on it for sure. So, I mean, you, you guys were definitely patient in the, in the right sense of you, you know, you put out a good bottle, yeah. um, but I'm getting, uh, you know, just, uh, it's like, I mean, it's everything you would think of. Right. And it's, you know, most people might be thinking, uh, well, what do, what do you mean, Texas straight bourbon whiskey? And it's like, well, you know, it doesn't have to come from Kentucky to be straight bourbon, right? It's got to be, uh, it's got to be 51% corn. It's got to be a new oak barrel. And uh, then after that, we're pretty much good, right? So, you know, the. Put, put, yeah, it's funny how you still, I, I feel like all the Kentucky distilleries are telling people on tours that if it's not from Kentucky, it's not real bourbon. Well, if, it, if it's not from Kentucky, it's not Kentucky bourbon, but it doesn't mean that it's not good bourbon yeah absolutely yeah but i mean you still hear we hear from consumers like you can't call that bourbon yeah yes yeah. we can it's on the bottle yeah P P psa <laughs> psa that is uh that that is that's an old wives tale man that is that is yeah. not true. Uh, uh, but we feel like i mean texas as a category is really uh, it's becoming its own thing here there's a lot of great distilleries here in texas craft distilleries that have been around for a while i think people are starting to really recognize that texas has its own scene um you know especially from other distilleries that are sourcing grain grown here like i mentioned it's it's corn that is texas corn it has a certain flavor profile uh, we really feel like people are starting to understand that nationally, like Texas is a heavy hitter in the whiskey space. And we hope that this bottle, I mean, reflects that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I would say. Yeah. And then didn't the um, what is it like the Texas Whiskey Association? There's a name. I, I'm getting it wrong. But it, and I think that is recently. Yeah. It's, um, it's, uh, you see on the back here, the little sticker that says certified Texas whiskey here. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yep, for sure. That's the emblem of the uh, Texas Whiskey Trail, the Texas Whiskey Association. Um, you can become certified. There's parameters, you know, you have to meet, obviously, to be certified as a Texas whiskey. And so the. The scene here in Texas has really been all of the distillers kind of coming together to create a community to help elevate Texas. It's a really wonderful thing. That's awesome. Yeah. And then I was noticing your, uh, you've got a foundation you support there. I think it's for restaurant uh, employees or workers that you're contributing to. So if you're seeing on our right. website, on our homepage, there is probably uh, HAM. It's a health alliance for Austin musicians. Uh, musicians. Sorry. Yeah, there you go. 
Yeah, it's, I mean, for hospitality workers as well, but, um, you know, hospitality workers and musicians have been some of the most impacted industries uh, in the U.S. here when it comes to COVID. You know, they haven't gotten the bailouts that a lot of the other industries that have been hard hit have. Um, and so the, the Health Alliance for Austin Musicians actually is a nonprofit working to provide health insurance to Austin musicians. Um, so we've been proactively promoting that. We've been actually doing monthly concerts uh, with social distancing at the distillery for the last three months to help raise money uh, for him and help kind of bring awareness to the, the situation. Yeah, nice. So where are you guys located at? I guess I could look on a map, but uh, it's more fun if you tell me. Where's, uh, where, where are you at? Um, like where, where are you located? So Austin is, is pretty much divided in half by a river, uh, which is often, often called um, Ladybird Lake. Yep. So that runs east to west. It kind of cuts uh, the north and south parts of Austin apart. And it's actually, it's very like a north-south sort of city. The traffic here is so bad and it's so hard to get across that you're either on the south or you're in the north. Hmm. Uh, north is where most of downtown is, uh, but south is where a lot of the uh, real development is happening. Uh, we're south of the city. So we're on South Congress, which is one of the major streets running south, about five miles south of the river, south of downtown um, in a developing area there. We actually have, we're in a um, kind of industrial compound with, there's us, there's a brewery, there's a sake distillery, believe it or not. Wow. There's a company called Austin Cocktails. There's a beer bar and coffee shop there. Uh, and there's a hard seltzer company as well. Oh. So we're kind of like alcohol row <laughs> on uh, on South Austin. There. Oh yeah, I've, I've stumbled by your place before. I, I see you here. On the... <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, uh, se several years ago. Yeah. The balance of this uh, bourbon though is fantastic. I don't know. Yeah. 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 Well, like um, like Cal mentioned earlier, it's really not too sweet. Yeah. You know, I think that's an important distinction, and we're we're very intentional with our mash bills here that we want to find that balance. Uh, and so that's that's why it's a high rye. Like I mentioned, the, the white corn, a little bit sweeter than you get out a lot of the yellow corn. And so we deliberately wanted to do a high rye so that mm -hmm. spice helped balance out some of that sweetness. Mm -hmm. um, and we just, we feel like it's a really, really well-balanced. I mean, it's, it's not a terribly fruity bourbon, but it has fruit characteristics. It's not sweet, but it has sweetness. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's a really well-balanced, it's, it's honestly, I don't think this is a slight, but it's, it's meant to be a day drinker. I mean, it's about, it's 39.99 on the shelf. Yeah. And it's incredibly high quality whiskey for that price point and what you're going to get from a lot of the other craft providers. Um, so, you, so you mentioned, you know, it's, it's not meant to be citrusy or sweet. I, I think that it's, uh, I think it starts to, or, or it borders on the line of those that, you know, kind of the savory sweetness, right? So I'm getting, uh, you know, it's, I, I'm getting a lot of banana in this thing, but I'm getting more like dried or dehydrated banana more so than, you know, like a fresh ripe banana. Yeah. Um, I'm getting, you know, almost kind of some salted caramel in this thing a little bit. And that's kind of the sweetness, but again, it's got, it, it's, it's definitely got some layers in it that it's just not overpoweringly sweet where if you're, you know, Hey, you know, bourbon's not really my thing because it's, um, I don't like that sweet profile. I may be more of a whiskey guy. I mean, the ride definitely backs that up and, you know, it's, uh, I think 98, 98.4 proof. So yeah, it's, uh, you know, so it's, it's got enough alcohol there, but again, there's nothing, uh, there's nothing that makes me pull away from the glass or that, that makes me want to reach for something to chase this back with. I mean, it's got a nice oily mouth coat on it. Mm -hmm. uh, I think the finish just kind of keeps building up for me. I, mm -hmm. I, that's where I really get most of that rye is on the finish and, and you uh, kind of sit here. So, I mean, I would say it's, it's a you know, medium long finish here and that, that rye just kind of keeps, uh, and it, and it actually gets kind of spearminty on me the longer I kind of let it sit in my mouth. <laughs> yeah. I think those are all great notes. The, the weight of it is I think one big piece that you just mentioned, it's the viscosity, you know, it's, I think it has something to do with our still actually. So we have a custom made column still from Forsyth's, which is in Scotland. This is designed specifically for us. It's a 42 foot tall column still. As far as I know, it's the only column still from fourth size in North America. Uh, and there's something really unique about what it provides for us, both with this whiskey and the gin is just a level of like weight and viscosity there. That's sure. super interesting to me. It's different than any other brand 
I've worked with before or had. Um, and yeah, I think it's a big part of what contributes to it drinking so boldly for it being even, you know, only two plus year old. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I'm d- definitely pulling out some of the, you know, some of the Oak, um, but getting kind of a little bit of a peanutty, maybe you know, like roasted peanut, uh, kind of on the back end there again, kind of hitting with that salt, uh, even though it's not salty, I guess I'm just I'm I'm saying more savory, you know, that I am. It's kind of pulling it away from that sweetness and sending me more, you know, more down that rye path. And is it yeah. are you using malted barley in this? I guess. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Five percent. <laughs> this is all malted barley. Yeah, that's a damn good bottle. I hate. Uh, well, I can't. I just got to get it online. So, because uh, yeah, I, I don't think this one's going to be around too long. <laughs> we can there's there's more that came from yeah well you know i was thinking i would love i mean so if i'm not drinking uh bourbon uh i'm drinking more than likely i'm drinking a negroni i'd i'd love to do uh i'd love to get on and uh, whip some negronis up with you let's do uh, that and, yeah that's that's my uh that's probably my favorite cocktail depending on the day period oh, yeah. wow. it is great for negronis um, the really the unique thing about our gin, you know, people ask why as a whiskey distillery do you make a gin? Mm. You know, most gins are made with a base of neutral grain spirit. People are essentially buying pure ethanol. Every almost every distillery does this. You bring it in, you proof it down. It's essentially vodka at that point. You add your botanicals, you redistill it, and that's how you make gin. For us, we well, we can't make vodka ourselves or still actually won't go high in proof enough because it's designed for whiskey. But we make our base distillate on that still out of 60% rye, 40% corn. And so when we use that base, then mixing in the botanicals and doing another distillation run, you keep that rye flavor there. And the, the level of viscosity that we mentioned before is still there too. So you get rye on the nose and it's very weighty and deep. And then the botanicals are made to work with that rye spice that you get there. Sure. It's a really, it's a unique gin, but it's not like, you're not like, whoa, you know, when you smell it or taste it, this is the weirdest gin I've ever had. Yeah. It's, it's a subtle difference. But you can, you can get something out of it. That's like, I didn't, didn't get that in the last three gins that I had. Yeah. It's like, there's something a little bit different here Uh, and you can't quite put your finger on it. And then when you tell the story about the rye base and all that people, it clicks. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a whiskey drinkers gin. Oh, well, I, I mean, this is, uh, I, I can't believe it. You, you had a custom still built so you wouldn't have to make vodka. I love it. <laughs> like what, why, why make vodka? It's a, it's a, what's, what's the point? Yeah. Yeah. We, people ask us sometimes like, when are you guys going to release a vodka? And it's like, well, first of all, we're in the same city as Tito's and deep Eddie. So why the hell would we have it? <laughs> good point. Good point. Uh, if we wanted to, we couldn't. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Good point. That's a good point. As I mean, the sun is setting here. Let me uh, click my outdoor lights on real quick. Is that yeah, okay? Yeah, yeah sure. Yeah, yeah. No worries, yeah. man. I'm kidding. All right. we'll, we'll be here drinking. Have you seen the still, Cal, on their website? Uh, yeah, it's Four, on their website. 42 yeah, feet. I know. It's really cool, it's, right? It's, how, how do they fit that thing inside? <laughs> in, in pieces, I'm sure. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, the still is awesome. Um, and it looks, uh, yeah, so if you're, uh, for those of you that are watching and or listening at a later date, uh, you should definitely go to stillawesome.com and check it out. And so, Brandon, you guys, I did see uh, you are doing distillery tours, it looks like, in some kind of a controlled, uh, in, in, a, in, a, in a socially safe uh, manner. So best to call in and check with you guys to see what the schedule and, and that stuff is, right? Yeah, they can currently be booked online. We're just doing it with um, like single groups only. So we don't we don't mix groups of folks that are doing it. Um, we want to keep it to one group at a time. Yeah, and, uh, we're doing less of them than we did before. But I mean, the tasting room is open right now. Just the patio. We're still seating people out there with cocktails. And we actually have a new food truck coming uh, in the next couple of weeks. So we're trucking along. We were closed for about four months earlier this year, but it's we've been able to reopen and we've been fortunate actually this year has been uh, better to us than it has for a lot of other distilleries in the industry yeah so did you all go down the the whole sanitizer road and all that stuff or you just kind of backed away or what would that look like for y'all no, yeah we 
we started off actually just to speak frankly about it we started off in the pr angle of it like let's make a little bit of hand sanitizer and say we did and we ended up getting a contract from a huge medical company here in texas and we made a ton of hand sanitizer <laughs> that's, a, that, that's the, the interesting thing of folks that we've talked with that you know that's like we kind of went down that road for for whatever reason you you did it right if it was necessity if it was uh, humanitarian for whatever reason yeah. you went down the road and it was like hey yeah we'll do this and it'll be fine it'll keep some activity going and then it's like holy shit like these people were serious they really want hand sanitizer yeah. oh yeah no i know and a lot of distilleries actually started using their stills to make hand sanitizer which we did not do okay. um, like i said we can't make neutral grain spirit all right so she, we wouldn't have been able to do it anyway if we wanted to, but it would have been tremendously expensive to do it that way as well. So thankfully, we were able to keep our, our uh, distillery operating this whole year. We never shut down the still. Oh, we nice. kept in bourbon. We laid down a lot of bourbon this year, hmm. uh, and we were able to make hand sanitizer on the side, which is kind of what kept the rest of it all afloat for a little while. Yeah. Nice. So let's see. So 2020, so 2022, 2023 is going to be a hell of a year for still Austin, huh? Hell yeah. Uh, <laughs> special COVID Memorial release bourbon or something. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, well, why not? I don't know. At that point, do you even want to bring it up? So <laughs> probably, probably not. <laughs> at the very least, we'll have a lot of bourbon made from that year that other people won't. Um, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So what's, um, I mean, this is fantastic. Um, I, I mean, I know why I haven't had it again, you know, cause I, it's not on my shelf and I can't get it. Um, I, I'm definitely going to go down that road. So I'm interested to know about some of the, um, so you're talking about, you do some, uh, distillery only, uh, expressions. Yeah. When I, I hate to tease your audience with this, I almost shouldn't have brought it up, but we, we have, uh, <laughs> I'm thinking this is a great reason to go to Austin. It's true. It's a good point. <laughs> there you go. If you want to come visit us, you can get it. Uh, but otherwise you're shit out of luck. <laughs> you know, I, I swear on the podcast. Yeah, you're fine. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, yeah. It's your, it's your show. You can't embarrass us. Yeah. <laughs> okay. We've tried. Um, yeah, we, I, I, uh, on a podcast like a month ago or so, I mentioned it a little too freely and I got hit up by a lot of people that were like, Hey, we want some of that. And I was like, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Delta.com. Right. So yeah. We have what's called a uh, distillery reserve series where we take kind of select barrels. We do a lot of finishing cask stuff and we release a limited amount here at the distillery. We had one last month called monster mash, which our distiller like two and a half years ago had. Um, so if you order smaller quantities of grain, they come in something called super sacks, which is basically a sack of grain on a pallet. And he had five super sacks of different grain that were all running low and was like, what do I do with this? Fuck it, I'm just going to blend them all together, mash them, turn it into whiskey, and put in some barrels. And turns out it was really, really good. But just like a wild ass guess, he's like, we'll just see oh. what happens. Well, and I, yeah, we encourage him to do that. Like, you know, if you're going to fill three or five barrels with some random stuff, like, why not just mess around with it? You know, he's making, yeah. he's making 50 or 60 barrels of, uh, this you know high rye bourbon every week he he needs a break and yeah yeah around and well, and shit, i mean if nothing if nothing else you make it i mean it's uh, a boulevardier or it's uh, a manhattan i mean you, you you can put it to you somebody was talking the other day and they're like well if we screw it up we'll just have to pour it out and i'm like whoa whoa <laughs> you yeah. have you have my address don't pour shit out Hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent. yeah you can always put in a cocktail um mm -hmm. But no, so we, we had this, this five grain bourbon, uh, had aged for a while and, uh, turned out to be really good. So we ended up pulling just two barrels. Uh, we called it monster mash released around Halloween, had a local artist literally like, uh, draw a monster that was on the label. We got real nice. silly with it. Um, sold out in one day here at the distillery. We had about 450 bottles of it. We wow. sold for hundred bucks a piece gone in one day. Um, we have another one coming up. This actually hasn't been publicly announced. So I will, you guys are some of the first to get this information. We have another one coming up in just a few weeks, uh, hundred percent rye finished in a sherry cask Oh wow! for eight months. Um, and we're going to have about 600 bottles of that. And we're actually having, I found a local artist. So if you can imagine, 
I had the same label framework done, but with no artwork here. So it was just blank. Right. But a local artist who is hand painting every single label. Oh man. Wow. Really? Yeah. She's been working on it for the past few days, actually. Um, You're probably going to get a message after this. Well, that's really yeah that's yeah, really I mean, awesome man i mean that's uh very cool. I mean, you, but you're in such a great city to be able to do something like that i mean i mean number one it's like it's you know i mean it, it's an artist city anyway right so to be able to allow the you know your the um the the head distiller just to kind of hey just make make some shit up and see what works yeah and then and then you can turn around and hand the bottle to again a local artist and say hey make it you know here, here's what it is give me give me what your uh what your expression of this uh of this pulls back i mean that's so friggin' awesome that you guys get to do that and and you're in in, in the city again that you're in i mean that's what you guys kind of live and breathe and do yeah and with the distillery reserve series like we have the opportunity to just get weird with it like we only will release super high quality products obviously we pick sure. special barrels stage but with the labels like why not just get weird with it you know this is austin after all keep it weird man <laughs> yeah celebrate local artists and it's also a good opportunity for us to test products uh and see how it works and potentially make more like we've been making more of that monster mash mash bill this year very cool yeah, so so that's where i was that, that was my next question is i mean is the intent that that's kind of your uh your r d allotment to go okay where do we get to next right yeah 100 percent. so we'll always make a lot of the the high rye bourbon mm. what we're tasting right now yeah uh, when i first started at still austin last year which is about a year and a half ago um they had about nine barrels of 100 percent rye laid down and i tasted it and i was like guys this is awesome. <laughs> you made more of this. They're like, I don't know. We're just like messing around. And I'm like, let's make more right now. <laughs> so about a year and a half ago, we literally spent about two months just blowing through more hundred percent rye. And we're psyched to release that, um, you know, in, in 2022. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, the cool thing about using a heavy rye mash bill is, you know, less time and it doesn't require as much time in the barrel totally. to produce a really good product. Now, again, yep. you, you know, you, you've got some time that you can, you know, put some barrels back and, you know, you're going to have some different expressions of things. But I mean, I, I totally dig where you guys are at as far as with your mash bill and kind of how you're going and laying it out. Because I mean, at the end of the day, like you got to make, you, you at least have to pay the bills. Right. And, yeah, and, and more importantly, bill. you need to make some money. So. Yeah, absolutely. But we, I mean, our philosophy now is we're only going to release product when it's ready. You know, that's why we feel, we feel good about this product where it's at. Um, the oldest product we actually have aging right now is, is weeded bourbon. Oh, wow. uh, we made a lot of that uh, three plus years ago and it's tasting really good, but it's not ready yet. Cool. Like, yeah. that's why we did not release that yet. So at some point we might have a bottled and bond weeded bourbon. That's going to be excellent. Oh, uh, we will only release that when it's actually ready god patience sucks <laughs> doesn't it <laughs> cal he's teasing you tonight buddy i'll tell you what he's he's not gonna be able to go to sleep tonight he's not gonna be able to go to sleep he's just gonna be all excited and you know well yeah let's uh, we'll, we'll talk after <laughs> yeah well you know here, here's the cool thing right so and and you know we we do have some followers and listeners in texas uh actually we got to get kesler are you oh, a golfer are yeah. You, yeah are you a golfer at all uh, what you probably hear all the time is yes, but I'm not great. Yeah. Okay. Well, and, and, and neither's Dan. So, uh, so you guys are in the same boat. Perfect. Oh, good. Um, uh, yeah, Perfect, that's fine. Yeah. I'm not good either. So we got to get you hooked up with, uh, with Kessler Karen. Uh, I don't want to say I'm going to go and it doesn't matter if you like him or not. Kessler's a great dude and great whatever dude. people's opinion of his, uh, he's the caddy for Patrick Reed. Oh, so, cool. so Kessler's a friend of the show. Mm -hmm. He's a Texas guy. Big bourbon where guy. Is he, uh, where is he here in Texas? Houston. Uh, he's Houston. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Big and a big bourbon guy. Yep. Oh yeah. Uh, well, but that's, like, uh, literally give me his name and I'll, I'll we'll send him some stuff. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. He would uh, Yeah, be definitely be a, a good contact and not that you guys need, a, I mean, you're shit. You're in the city of, uh, you know, people are just probably walking by. I mean, and you can just start, I mean, I could just keep going down the list of musicians and such that are there. So I mean, we're, we're actually hiring somebody to run the Austin market or sorry, the Houston market right now. Oh, cool. oh are you really? We're, I mean, we're, we're going after it. We're I'm hiring four salespeople here in Texas, literally right now. Yeah. We're, so, we're, we're going for it. 
So receptivity in the market is, I mean, it's like, it's good. It's like, it, I can't tell you how good it's been. <laughs> well, yeah. we can guess that that's how, based how good it was. This stuff was good. You know, like I said, you know, this, this company has always made really high quality products. Just the branding and the marketing hasn't always been there. Hmm. So we really yeah. white whiskey three years ago unaged like a flavored some flavored ones um we released a little bit of one-year-old bourbon last year this is like uh let's do away with all those other products rebrand the company really focus on the austin personality and only release stuff when it's ready yeah and this was a the, the company was well thought of here in texas prior to this release but these last three months have been insane mm. yeah so I, I was i was talking with a guy just um i'll say a friend but a friend in the industry if you will and yeah. he, he was uh, so he asked the question and, and we have uh a lot of different folks on the show i would say most of the folks on the show are uh they're either craft distilleries or breweries uh yeah. or or wineries from that matter and then and then maybe we have someone on the show that works for uh like a you know one of the one of the the, the big big guys uh, the big seven or whatever but they used to work for them and now they've kind of branched out on their own right yeah yeah and so so the guy's question to me was hey with the folks that you're talking to so folks like yourself is there is there a place for uh, craft distilleries today, if I wanted to start one up, and and I know you guys have been up and operational since 2015, I've only recently, and again, I I, I traveled to te- or in the past, right prior to 2020, I traveled to Texas somewhat regularly, you know, four or five times a year, but um, I didn't necessarily see that your your brand out, and I think that's kind of where you were going is, hey, we were making some good juice. Uh, you know, maybe some of it could have been better, but then the whole marketing and the approach to market was wrong. So just, I mean, if you, maybe if you got some comments to share about what, you know, what does craft distilling look like for the future, uh, you know, with everything is kind of happening. I'm happy to offer a public service announcement to all of your <laughs> listeners here. Um, no, seriously. And this, I'm taking off my still Austin hat and putting on my industry hat. Like I've worked in, in, uh, spirits, I've worked in wine, I've worked in hard cider, I've worked in beer, like my whole career has been alcohol. Um, uh, do not open a, a craft distillery. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it's, well, think about it this way. In all of those other alcohol industries I just mentioned, uh, you have an obvious point of differentiation in quality, why you deserve the price point, those sorts of things uh, against the big guys. You know, think about when, uh, what was the, fr- the first IPA with uh, Sierra Nevada, right? I think that came out 40 years ago, Sure. Yep. believe it or not, so long ago. But when Sierra Nevada started going out with that IPA and tasting people on it, you know, going to accounts saying, buy my product, uh, people hadn't tasted anything like that. It was way different than your Miller Lite, your Bud Light, whatever people were used to drinking. And you could talk about why the quality was better. You know, this is why it tastes like this. This is why it's this style of beer. This is why you should support us. It's not just because we're local. It's because we're using better quality ingredients. You know, we don't use rice. We don't use corn syrup, you know, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Um, And that still exists for the large part, right? Like in craft breweries can go out there and say, this is why we're better. And the only problem with craft brewing right now is the category is just so saturated. But it's still different than the big guys out there. Uh, and the same thing exists with wine. The same thing exists with hard cider in distilling. Uh, the problem is what the big guys make is great. I can go buy a bottle of Elijah Craig, small batch, 94 proof, uh, for, I think here in Texas, it's like almost just under 30 bucks, 25, 30 bucks. Yeah. And it's awesome. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. It's really good. Uh, so that's, especially if people want to open a whiskey distillery, like that's what you're up against, you know, and it's really tough. And I think a lot of people don't think about it like that. And what you, what a lot of craft distilleries are stuck with, especially if you're undercapitalized is you're, you're, you're hitting the local thing. You're just yeah. telling people bias because we're local. We're yeah. in your community. We're doing stuff in your community. And that's awesome. If distilleries have the right expectations going into it of like, we've only spent X money, our growth projections are moderate, like all these things. And we want to be about this community, then awesome. Like do that. But you're going to struggle with creating something that's as of quality 
as a lot of you know what else is out there uh and your price point's going to have to be pretty high yeah. uh and that's the case for almost everybody mm-hmm. it's a really really tough industry to get in especially because the capital required to actually get up and running is higher than a craft brewery even well maybe not a winery um but a cidery, whatever, you know, but the timing thing too, right? I mean, you're talking, you're waiting at least two years on this thing. I mean, it's not even two years. I mean, that's two years from the time it goes into the barrel. Right. So, well, I mean, you, yeah. You, and, so. and so that's, that's why you see a lot of distilleries and you can't blame them. We'll start by sourcing product right. and you hear them say, okay, we're going to go buy a bunch of barrels from MGP and we'll release their product. Even if we're upfront about it, we'll say, okay, this is not our product. We didn't make this, but we're buying quality stuff please still support us because we're local and eventually we'll transition to our own stuff. The problem there, one, can you make stuff that's better than what you're buying from MGP? And the answer is almost always no. (laughs) The second thing is, can you actually make it for cheaper than that barrel you just bought? (laughs) The answer is almost always no. Mm. So your cost of goods goes way up and (laughs) their quality goes down. Yeah. I don't know if you were asking for this as no, like it's a great no, conversation. No, no, no. I love this conversation. Yeah. yeah. But like, this is, this is the industry. It's really, really tough. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and a lot of people don't realize that. Yeah. And, and well, and I think that's why the guy was asking the question and, and that was, it, it, he wasn't looking for a yes or no answer. He was looking more for the answer that you gave, wow. right? It's like, what are, yeah. what are the complexities that, you know, me as a layperson that, uh, you know, I, I, I walk up and I've got a credit card and I'm, you know, and I, I can drink a lot, but I don't have to worry about anything else that happens other than get it in the glass. Right. So, and, and, and that was where, you know, how do you kind of tie in, but, and, and I guess I had a, maybe another layer to that is where, you know, so if you think about some of the, you know, the, the big sevens, right. And you, you're always, there, there's a story, right. And there's some lineage in history there, which, you know, and you mentioned it, like, how do you, you know, as a, as a craft distillery, how do you become uh, top of mind? And I think it's exactly what you guys are doing of using local artists, local imagery, uh, local product. And again, right. You're starting at your core at the base of, well, why is it interesting and good for me? It's because, well, I am Austin or I am Texas. And then how do you branch out from there? And I mean, I think it's things like this, right? Where we're saying, shit, this is actually good. And if you have problems like I do, clearly I'm not an alcoholic. I've got way too much liquor behind me. Um, But it's, you know, it's into your point. I mean, yeah, the Elijah Craig's are great, but you know how many times I've had Elijah Craig and it's, you know, it's for me, it's that kind of that it's the, how do I drink something different, but Mm -hmm. it's equally good. And, uh, it, and it, you know, it's, are there similarities? Yes. I mean, I could go through some similarities in this and some other things that I've drank, but, but it's different. It's unique in a sense that I can't get it. I mean, you know, again, I had, there's two or three people, four or five people that have actually written as we've been talking like, Hey, where, where'd you say you could get those at? Right. So, uh, you know, go to stillawesome.com and it says where to buy and you'll, you know, it's going to get shipped to your house and you're going to get an experience that you, that you can't find anywhere else. Yeah. Well, and I'm, I'm lucky that I can say that. I, I mean, I truly believe that this product is competitive with what the big guys are doing, you know, mm-hmm. um, it's really, I mean, it's only, you know, between two and three years old, these barrels we blended into this, but you know, we talked about the slow water reduction techniques we do. We talked about the local sourcing of the grain. Um, we talked about the Texas climate and what it's doing to the product. Like this is excellent. And I'm, I'm lucky to say that we can go out there and say, just taste this, you know, and that's enough. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we're, we're lucky in that respect for sure. But it's, um, it, it's the, I mean, the rest of the industry is, is tougher than people realize as well. You know, something I hear all the time is why aren't you sold at my, uh, favorite liquor store down the road? Yep. As if I think they just expect when you release a product, said liquor store just brings Come it pick in. Pick it up. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, the answer is usually, could you go ask them to bring it in, please? <laughs> <laughs> right, <sorry. laughs> I, I need you to request this. That way they're yeah. talking to the distributor that's going to actually bring that to them. That way they like this multi-tiered system. Yeah, it'll be, uh, yeah. It'll, it'll be nice one day when there's some uh, adjustments made to that, which it, it's inevitable at some point. But Yeah, well, we, I mean, yeah we have a whole sales and marketing apparatus of the company trying to get to your liquor store down the street you know we're trying (laughs) for sure 
And it's, you know, you deal with distributors that carry 15,000 different SKUs in their inventory. Yep. Uh, trying to get share of mind and get attention there is is super tough. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's one of those things. I mean, as, as much as, uh, you know, things have changed with and, and I was uh, I, I was in a I adopted to online shopping, uh, you know, well before this pandemic thing. Like if I don't yeah. if I don't have to go to the store, man, there is no reason for me to ever put it. Go pick something up put it in my car, drive home and then bring it in. Right. Somebody can do that for me. Yep. And, you know, but 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 it is kind of funny. And, and I think it's that experience that you get is that, you know, that's kind of like my, well, as you can see, right, it's a hobby. So, so actually, and I'm friends with the dudes that own the liquor store across the street from me, you know, so, yeah. uh, so it, you know, that's one of the things that I do get some booze shipped in. Uh, it's stuff like, you know, still Austin that I can't get at the liquor store, but for the most part, I mean, I like going and I like looking and I like to, you know, we talked about the label of this thing and it's like, it's fun. It, you know, I'd like to stand there and look and see, and it's like, shit, I'm looking through those labels and I'm looking for a particular expression, but I can't see it because every damn label looks the same. And it's just, yeah. you know, it's like, it's like could do something different. So I don't have to like eyeball these things three times to, to, to pick something out. Right. Which you guys absolutely did. I mean, I'm going to be able to look at this and I'm going to be able to see the, the female musician, or I'm going to be able to see the monster. I'm going to be able to see Dale Watson or whoever it is, right? <laughs> but I'm going to know exactly what I'm looking for. And, you know, and that's the expression that's going to find me. And I mean, it's art on the shelf. Yeah. Art on the bottle, art in the bottle. So it keeps <laughs> nice. Uh, but, but yeah, I mean, think about how much, diff how much more difficult it is to get share of mind, even on the online platform. Like you go on drizzly, you're scrolling, you're seeing two, three, four bottles at a time. You get sick of it. You pick one, you order it. It's way different than going to like your local store, scanning the whole shelf. You know, right. you, you just like look around and see 200 different bottles all at the same time. It's a totally different ball game. So like what we're worried about is, is as people start buying more and more online is how as a craft supplier, do you really keep that share of mind with people or get front and center, you know, cause you can't, rely on people just going to drizzly and being like i want still austin right right, right. you know you want people to see that label and get excited about it yeah well exactly. on the other side you know you you depend on likes and reviews but you know again that's uh it's easy to get a review if i didn't care for whatever you had but if i if i did like it you know, there's probably, I'm the least likely to go in and tell you that I loved it versus if I didn't, that I, I really hated it. Right. So now you're sorting and yeah, I mean, that that's definitely a, uh, you know, a challenge in the marketplace. So what, I mean, what, what's, do you have any thoughts on that? I mean, what, what do you do to combat that? I mean, what's the, Oh, well, we started a, um, a whiskey club called the order of Nancy actually here in Texas. We intentionally were going to cap it at 300 people. And before we could shut off the invites, we were at 600 people. Oh, wow. So we, we ended up actually doubling the size of the program unintentionally. Uh, and we've, we've tasked some of those folks with, Hey, can you help us out? You know, go, go review our product on, yeah. on Drizzly, on Total Lions website, like on those sorts of things. Like it's uh, for us, it's about building the right audience of like loyal fans. That's willing to like help us out in that sure. respect. And that's what we do. You know, we're, we're trying to really intentionally engage with our audience as much as we can. Uh, and that's about as best we can do right now. I mean, we have a sales team that's out there pushing our product. We have a marketing team that's trying to build awareness for us. And that's about it. It's the, uh, it's talked about in the industry is sales gets you on the shelf and marketing gets you bought off the shelf. Right. Right. And that's the dynamic. Yeah. So, um, so we've got a concert coming up, uh, on the 28th, the Peterson brothers, uh, yep. is that we're doing a monthly concert series in partnership with Austin monthly here, which is a big uh, media organization here. So they're helping us like source local acts that are doing shows here. We had uh, shaky graves here last month, which is oh, nice. pretty, pretty well-known dude. Uh, and also like the chillest guy you would ever meet in your life. <laughs> really ended up arguing about board games for like an hour after. <laughs> no. Perfect. That because you beat him or he beat you or <laughs> so he had, he had a bumper sticker on the back of his truck for this board game called settlers of Catan, which I have opinions about. And we, he, he apparently has strong opinions about it too. So I, I don't know that one. I don't so know. yeah. yeah. 
anyway, but yeah, it was <laughs> shaky grave. So huge nerd. Who would have expected? Very cool. Uh, but um, yeah, we got the Peterson Brothers playing this month. We have another act booked for next month. That's uh, concerts we're doing at the distillery that we're allowing. We're selling some tables for social distancing. You can buy a table, uh, have that table with you and your group. You know, please wear a mask when you're not at your table, that sort of thing. Uh, and then, but this is also live broadcast during the show. Oh, cool. So Austin Monthly is blasting it out through all their channels on YouTube, on Facebook, on Instagram, all that. We're trying to engage the community through like celebrating music and the musician and yeah, sure. And all that. So, yeah. Well, they probably got a lot of free time on their hands for sure. Right. That was, that was Shaky's first show in eight months. I think really he had wow. played here. One just people aren't, you know, venues are closed right now. There aren't any yeah. venues operating here in Austin right now. Uh, and we're, we're in a unique situation where we're able to live broadcast it and we have an audience for that. So cool. well, you've got a big space. I mean, you've got a big space, right? I mean, so, and it's pretty easy yeah, to keep people kind of. Uh, yeah, the space on site is um, about 60 people. We're able to seat at those like socially distanced tables. Yeah. Uh, and then we've had thousands of people watching these shows as cool. we're live broadcasting them. So it's, it's, it's really fun. Very cool. Awesome. Uh, so in regular times, what's, uh, give, drop a couple of, uh, a couple of unknowns, some, uh, some diamonds in the rough in Austin that we uh, need to check out when we get back there. Well, diamonds in the rough is one thing I, I could first call out like the obvious like barton springs if nobody's ever been to that when they're here in austin that's a must do you'll see that at the top of every like things you must do when you visit austin it's 100 percent true oh, cool. please go to barton springs it's a it's a live spring that's here in town that you can go and there's a they've like kind of cemented a walkway along the side of it but other than that it's just it's totally natural and you can camp out on the yard there and go swimming it and it's always about 70 degrees oh cool nice temperature's the same no matter the time of year it's gorgeous uh that's a highlight for sure um i think the other major i mean i'm, I'm super food oriented in how i approach cities when i visit your city i just i just want to eat well you're in a great one yeah, no, it's it's great for that. But the the like the taco trucks here are just. I mean, this is. I don't I don't know that I've heard it described as this, but I'm about to describe it as it. This is like the food truck capital of the United States. You know, they're everywhere. You know what I would say is is yeah. I would put um, and I don't I'm sure there's probably a measurement out there, but you've got um, Seattle, Washington. Mm -hmm. in portland oregon and austin texas and it, it's got to be one of those three and we'll go with austin since we're uh, talking to sell austin but it, yeah. it but it has to be one of the three man it is a ridiculous it's just crazy at the amount of food trucks you see at all three of those cities hmm. yeah and I've, I've you know i've been to those other ones relatively recently and i'm i'm comfortable declaring us the winner here. <laughs> uh, i'll drink to that as, as a homer yeah okay cheers cheers <laughs> Which, by the way, I haven't called you out yet, Dan. But do you do you have a bottle of our stuff? He, by sent, you right he sent me the. Yeah, yeah, he sent, sent me a sample. sample. A sample, yeah. Yep. Good. Okay. Yeah. Just yeah. wanted to make sure. Yep. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I'd feel bad if you hadn't gotten. No, to try no, it. no, yeah, no. It's, that's why. I, that's why I was tasting with you guys earlier. It's fantastic. You, usually, yeah. I don't send him anything, and I'm like, uh, yeah, didn't didn't show up. I don't know what happened. No, I got <laughs> this one. I got this <laughs> one. Didn't, didn't show up. Well, so, the, I mean, the fun thing here is like every single bar that you go to, if they don't have their own food program, there's a food truck in the back. Yeah. You know, it's not their food truck. It's a partnership. Right. Like, so there's all these like side hustles of people who own a food truck that are operating in the back. And it's everything from like Vietnamese food to Tex-Mex to barbecue, you know, all over the place. Like, that's the way to go is find those like those hidden food truck spots is what you need to do when you come here to Austin. And they're making some like really complex stuff out of there. I mean, the, uh, cause isn't there like oh, a really, yeah. a really slick barbecue food truck that's, uh, around the corner? Micklethwaite. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Micklethwaite is the one that's, it's, um, I think on like 11th street or something. Um, shout out to them. They deserve some kudos. It's a food truck, but it's, it's widely claimed as one of like the top five barbecue places in Texas. Yeah. It's really damn good. And, and that's another one of those places where like, if you're starving, get a snack because you could be waiting in line for, uh, like that hours. Yeah. 
yeah it's it's not nothing is as bad as um as um oh my god the place you mentioned earlier franklin's franklin's franklin barbecue yes uh that's i don't know if any food is worth waiting like two and a half hours for their barbecue (laughs) is excellent uh, I did it once, and it's probably the best barbecue I've ever had. But I'm not going to wait in that line again. <laughs> no, never. But here's the deal. Here's the deal with Franklin's. You take uh, whoever you're with. You, chairs or no chairs, up to you. But you take a cooler of beer. Mm-hmm. And you, number one, you get there early. Eat, eat a good, bre- eat a <laughs> eat a decent breakfast. Get there early. Take a cooler of beer, and uh, you know now with you know, with our phones. I mean, shit. You know, you go when there's a game on or something or whatever, and yeah. you know. Uh, yeah, see, I, I, I did not know any of this when I was when I went to Franklin was before I moved here. And I was just like, I'm going to go to Franklin, you know, and didn't know anything and just showed up. And they were like, OK, it's going to be two and a half hours. And I was just like, I don't have anything else going on. So I might as well wait. But I had, I had no chairs. I, you know, I had my phone, but I didn't bring any beer with me. Like, I guess I'm doing this. But then at noon, when the place actually opens, they tell you, you can go in and buy beer. But I was like by myself, so I was like, I can't get out of the line. I'm gonna lose my spot. I had to like befriend the person next to me and be like, "Hey, I'd really like to go buy some beer. Can you please hold my spot? I'll buy you a beer if you want one." Right. Uh, and then like run inside, buy the beer, come back outside. But yeah, and then, I mean, it ended up being worth it. But very cool. Are you from Austin? No, oh no, I've I've only lived here for a year and a half. I'm not from Texas. I um I grew up in Michigan, okay, uh, and uh, lived in Chicago for a while. But prior to moving here, I'd only lived in Michigan and Chicago. God, this has got to be a hell of a break for you. I mean, because uh, they're, they're getting pounded with like sleet and snow and uh, you know shitty degrees right now, <laughs> and, and coronavirus, and, and Corona. Moment. Yeah, <laughs> you're, you're you're sitting outside in uh, short sleeves and uh, enjoying life and almost Thanksgiving. Yeah, it's um. Summer here is brutal. Wait, where? Yeah. I don't even know where you guys are. Where do you live? So I'm in Atlanta. Oh, okay. And I'm in Raleigh, North Carolina. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Both. I've I've been to Atlanta a few times. Huge city. Yeah. That air, your airport's insane. It is. Yeah. Uh, your city is sprawling. Uh, but yeah, I've been to Raleigh. Um, but yeah, it's um. It's really hot here in the summer. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Like probably similar in Atlanta, I guess. But we have about three months of a hundred degrees on average. Yeah, we usually don't don't get. You don't want to go outside, and that, as somebody who's from Michigan and Chicago, sucks. but now but you're getting yeah you're getting ready to reap the rewards my friend so the next uh next three or four months my family uh, family members in michigan and illinois both got texts today of snow oh wow it's you know what 6 30 at night and it's 75 degrees outside i'm feeling pretty good and the humidity and uh humidity is kind of down right now so you're in really good shape so well, and I don't, I don't live in Houston. If you live in Houston, the humidity is a huge problem. Hmm. Uh, we're a little bit of ways away from the coast, so it, we're, yeah. we're, we're sitting better here. Oh, cool. I yeah. didn't know that. Hmm. Um, so let's see. So we hit on food trucks. Uh, trucks, Barton see. Springs. Um, the, Con- the Continental Club. I guess they're shut down, huh? Yeah. They and, are. Uh, the, little, the Little Longhorn Saloon. No, no more chicken shit bingo, I guess, at this point in time. That's true, man. You 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 too know Austin. Oh, I, 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 t- I love Austin, dude. I, that, I mean, that is one of my that is literally one of my favorite cities. I mean, it is. It, if I were going to move, and I don't have any reason to move from Atlanta, but if I were picking out, like, hey, you could move anywhere. I don't know that it would be Austin, but it would definitely be in my top five. I mean, I, it is sure. one of the most fun places. It, the bad side is is everybody has caught on to Austin in probably yeah. the past like seven to 10 years. And it is just like overly over, like, it's one of those, pla- like if you move to, if you're going to Austin, you've got to go, you've got to be in like whatever your little quadrant is like, you got to get there and that's where you, and you better pick the shit that you like that's right around you. Because if you've got to travel to your point, if you got to go to North side or South side or vice versa, like it is just a major pain in the ass. 
Traffic is rough. Um, we've also, I mean, this year it seems that half of San Francisco has moved here from yeah. what I can tell. They're all abandoning ship and moving here. And, and, and LA. And and Austin, LA. All, people in Austin already hate people from California. <laughs> Let me tell you, when I moved here, they were like, how long have you lived here? And I'm like, oh, just a couple months. And you get like a look then. Where are you from? <laughs> Where are you from? Exactly. And they're like, oh, Michigan. And they're like, oh, okay, you're fine. <laughs> Which then you ask that person, well, how long have you lived here? And they're like, well, I've lived here for two years. I've lived here for two years. I'm a native. <laughs> exactly. So it's, yeah, it's, yeah, I don't know. I mean, we got Elon Musk now here. Tesla's doing a bunch of stuff here. Uh, Joe Rogan moved here a couple mm -hmm. months ago, mm -hmm. which we, we actually been uh, featured on his podcast. Oh, that's cool. Oh, look at you. Yeah, but like without paying for it, it's been nice. We we found a back channel and sent him some product, and him and Tom Green drank a half bottle of it like three days ago. No, wait a minute. We didn't we didn't know billing you was an option. <laughs> I, I, I'll no, definitely it's not. I, didn't, I told you we just did not pay for it. Yeah, that's, that's that's actually really that's cool. Not, that's no. a big deal. Well, yeah. Come back and talk to me when you get seven million views in three days. Exactly. Yeah. No, we're we're hey, with people like you. That's what we're working on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no but yeah but that's really uh that's cool man that's really so cool. i'm sure he, uh i'm sure you got good re i can't imagine that you got shitty reviews from him so i mean that's uh no we got yeah we got a clip of joe rogan saying oh we got this still austin local stuff here let's try it and he says damn that's good oh there you go i mean stock just went up 10 percent. pretty much yeah Very cool. um but yeah, no, it's, it's been, Austin is great. It's, it's going nuts here though. I mean, I moved here, like I said, a year and a half ago, I'm renting a house here just in the last six months, a million dollar house just got built next to me here. Neighborhood half the properties are getting demolished for new houses. Like it's, it's going crazy. Yeah. Are you close to your, uh, you close to the distillery? About a mile away. Oh, yeah. Wow. So relatively. Yeah. That's nice. Close, yeah. When I'm feeling really ambitious, I'll, I'll walk there. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. This is, um, I mean, this is one of those, uh, this poor, sorry, I'm, I'm bouncing around on you, but, uh, I mean, this shit is like, it, it's really good, man. I mean, this is stuff that's, um, definitely got to get another bottle of that. And I definitely got to get connected on, uh, one of those, that other one you mentioned. So. Yeah, right. yeah. Def de I did, de definitely said that very quiet. <laughs> um, so for your audience, you absolutely cannot get a sample or bottle of any of the Discovery Reserve series stuff, but we'll talk after this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, still, a stillaustin.com or, uh, or make a trip to Austin. And if you, it, it, that's what I would say is, I mean, the bourbon is fantastic. The city is fantastic. If you're looking for, and I know things are kind of shaky right now where you should, so we're not encouraging travel. Uh, but if you are going to travel, uh, it is, uh, Austin is just one of those places, man. It, it will definitely leave an impression. If you're a foodie, if you're artsy, if you're into, uh, I mean, the, the city slogan again is keep Austin weird. And it, it's, and, and it's not weird in like an uncomfortable way. It's weird in a, Hey, be yourself, be, be your own person kind of way. Like, yeah. So what's weird to you may not be weird to somebody else. And they don't really give a shit. Like literally they don't care. Yeah. It's about, it's really about celebrating the individual, right? Let everybody be who they want to be, you know, and, and there's no judgment here. Um, and that's, that's honestly what we're trying to go with, with this bottle rebrand is celebrating creativity here in Austin. Um, really trying to highlight the city in a way that resonates with people elsewhere as well. You know, it's, we're bringing the Austin ethos wherever we go. Yeah. Well, I think you've got a winner for sure. Again, uh, you know, a few folks that had messaged with us, uh, prior to coming on, were like, uh, what'd you think about it? And I'm like, well, I haven't tried it yet. I'm going to be a nice uh, guest and I'm going to wait. And they're like, Oh shit, you got to drink it. It's a, it, it's an awesome pour. And, uh, you know, I mean, at, at the price point at the years you got in, I mean, I can only imagine better stuff is on its way. Um, I mean, more time in the barrel with, uh, with what you've got here is, uh, it, it's only going to kind of build. I mean, even in like, I'm just looking at this thing kind of roll off the glass. And I mean, it is to your point, the viscosity of this thing that's happening. Yeah. You made a hell of a liquor in two years, bud. 
Yeah, I mean, this is this is our pride and joy right now, and we'll be running with this and, and pushing it for a long time. And I, I could not be more proud of it. We got a lot of other fun stuff coming too. You know, cool. in a couple of years, we'll have bottled and bond series. We'll have a hundred percent rye, we'll have blue corn bourbon, red corn bourbon, um, a oh, lot wow. of really great stuff in the horizon. We, I mean, we. The one thing I didn't really say, we we make a lot of whiskey. We that's that's one reason why I took this job and moved here is we are able to make a lot of great whiskey. So we're we're happy with the reception that we have right now. We're ready to grow. Um, How many barrels do you think you're sitting on? Oh, I mean, I know exactly. I don't know if I'm <laughs> what it is. Uh, <laughs> a get, lot. Um, it's a lot. We we our capacity is to make uh, between five and six thousand fifty three gallon barrels a year. Wow. Okay. Um, next year we'll probably make about three to four thousand, uh, and that's, I mean, that's a big brand. Yeah. 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 That's a, that's a lot of barrels. Well, yeah. I mean, you got to have a place to put them. You got to have. T- I mean, patience and time is fine. But you guys are coming up on some year. I mean, you're going to start churning through some barrels just in. You know, just for, timing is kind of hitting where you guys are going to. You know, you're going to need replenishment, which is going to be cool. And I'm sure you're going to hold some of those for some. Uh, to your point, if you're going to do a bottle and bond and and things like that. I mean, that's. Uh, it's going to be fun to uh, to watch you guys grow, man, and and watch these expressions come out. Looking forward to it. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. These types of things are super fun. I mean, like I said, it's just been three months since we've had this product out and the reception is amazing. It's, it could not be more thrilling to have people taste it and be excited about it and enjoy the branding and all that. Uh, so thanks to you guys. It's yeah, thank you. It makes my job super fun. Cool. No, no. Yeah. Thanks to you, man. Uh, it's uh, nothing like, uh, again, it's a, it's a treat that I didn't have on the shelf that I do now. And I don't know how long it's going. It'll make it through the night. Um, <laughs> I don't know about the weekend, but uh, you know, there, there's more to be had out there. So yeah, we uh, we really appreciate it. So uh, we, anything else you want to share, Brandon, about uh, about Still Austin and anything that's coming up? We we appreciate you coming on the show, man. I don't think I missed anything other than I'd say, I guess if anybody enjoys gin, we have a rebrand of the gin coming in January. I oh, think cool. I mentioned before. So if you go look at the, the gin that we have on our website now, um, all of that branding will shift and reorient around uh, this bottle, this label. Uh, the artist is doing a new painting for it. Uh, we're pretty excited about it. And we'll really start pushing that once we do the rebrand. So I'd be happy to come back on and, uh, make some Negronis with y'all. Oh, that'd be fun. Yeah. So, sounds like the first date went well. Uh, we've already got the second date scheduled. Yeah. January oh, yeah. was fun. Yeah. That'd be good. All right. Well, thanks guys. All right. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. But Hey, thanks, thanks for coming on everybody. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Brandon. Cheers, buddy. Cheers. Cheers. See ya. Cheers. Good, guys. All right.